Greetings, everyone, in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is Pastor David Swigerty, uh, starting a 15-minute podcast I, I pray will become many. The goal is to produce multiple 15-minute podcasts that I want to call The Present Future or Prophecy in Motion. But the goal is to shed light on what the Scripture has to say about end-time scenarios and where we as a people fit into that. Uh, I want to lay a little foundation here from the book of Revelation to begin, but during the time of the different studies, it'll take me to several different books of the Bible because his promises are intertwined in many of those and revealed to us in different forms. But my goal is to produce several 15-minute podcasts that deal with end-time scenarios that are relevant for you and I today. They will not be denominationally founded. I want them to be very simple, uh, straightforward from the Scripture, so that all believers, or perhaps even uh, unbelievers, would be willing to listen to it without feeling like they're being indoctrinated in a particular uh, denomination. It's not that at all. Uh, but I want it to be simple. I want it to be clear. I want it to be Bible-based. And I want it to be a blessing to you. I want it to be able to be presented to you in a way that you would feel very comfortable in sharing it with your friends, with your family, perhaps even with your pastor, or with uh, your Bible study at work, or your drive into work. You could listen to it uh, on your way home, etc., but I want it to be a blessing to you, just to reveal things, and certainly not fear-based, no fear orientation in it at all, because God has made us too many wonderful promises. He doesn't want us to live in fear, but when we see all of these things happening, we're to rejoice and lift our head up, because the Word of God says, our redemption draweth nigh. So I want to lay a little foundation of where the Bible studies will take us, and I want to begin in the book of Revelation chapter 1, uh, John on the Isle of Patmos uh, has this incredible revelation, and he quickly says, as he opens the book, he said, Blessed are they that read, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written. And then he says this, For the time is at hand. And I believe that you and I are living in the most profound time that any group of people could live in a generation. I'm going to come back later and explain what generation means, but first I want to give you a little more foundation here because John sees the Lord Jesus Christ in this, in this vision walking in the midst of a golden candlestick, he says. And the scripture says that when John saw him, in his right hand he had seven stars, in his left hand he had seven candlesticks. And verse, verse 20 of chapter 1, Revelation, Jesus said, I'm going to give you the mystery of what you just saw. In his right hand, he's holding seven stars, and he said, these are the pastors. In the King James, it says, these are the angels of the church, but in reality, that word angels, if you reference it, means pastors. So he holds the pastors in his right hand, and his left hand, the seven candlesticks, represent the seven churches that are listed in chapter 2 and 3, uh, the churches in Asia Minor, but they represent church periods, church ages, 
the seat of many denominational things, but the churches represent his love. So he holds the pastors on one hand, he holds the churches in the other. And he's promised us in chapter 3, verse 10, through the church in Philadelphia, which is called the favored church, the church that were small in numbers, but yet they were strong in their faith. They had not compromised their faith. They remained faithful to the end. And he said to this church, he said, because you have been faithful, I am going to keep you from the hour of temptation, it might say in your version of the Bible you read from. But when you run reference on that, the Hebrew word for temptation is basically tribulation. So Jesus is saying to the church in Philadelphia, the true believers, because you have been faithful, I am going to keep you from the hour of tribulation that's coming upon the world. Now, you have heard perhaps in the past, some people, we, you know, we might be a large group of people who believe in the rapture or the catching away of the church. It's called the fullness of the Gentiles. But you might have heard one preacher say, you know, uh, we're going to be raptured before the tribulation starts. And others say, we have to go through three and a half years of tribulation before we're caught away. And then another group will say, we have to go through seven years of tribulation and then be caught away. It's called post-trib, mid-trib, and pre-trib. Well, I believe there are many scriptures, and I will share them with you over time here, that point to the fact that as true believers, we will be part of the post-trib believers because I believe there are clear indications in the scripture, time and again, that points to the fact that the believers will be called out of the world, called the rapture, before the seven years of tribulation begin. First one I just read here from Revelation chapter 3, verse 10. He said, I will keep you from the hour. You know, that hour is, is basically that seven-year period. I will keep you from the hour of tribulation or temptation that's coming upon the world. And then if you look at chapter 4 in the book of Revelations, we hear, we hear John writing there. And he says here, as he opens up chapter 4, after this, after the message to the churches, he said, after this, I looked, and behold, a door was open in heaven, and the first voice that I heard, as it were, of a trumpet talking with me, which said unto me, come up here, and I will show you things which must be hereafter. Now, if you've studied the scripture for very long, Revelation, you will realize that when chapter 4 opens, the church, now the true believers, are now in heaven. And they're looking down on planet earth. John said, I heard this voice that says, come up here. That's the catching away. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, when the disciples asked him, when are these things going to happen? When they were talking about uh, his return to earth or the catching away. And he said, you know, I do not know. And I want to say to you, listening to me now, there's no man alive, there's no man that ever lived. Other, other, that, that, uh, well, there's none actually at all. 
uh, no man that ever lived, Christ included, that knows the day and the hour. Jesus said himself to the disciples, I do not know the day and the hour. That is reserved for my Father alone to know. They said, I can give you some signs to look for. And when you see these things begin to come to pass, then you can know that my coming is even at hand. So what he was saying there is, guys, don't allow anybody to tell you when it's going to happen because they simply don't know. And you might ask the question, why would God not reveal it to a son? This is my theory. I can't back it up with any scripture, but it's a good theory, I believe. If God had told his son when he was going to do the catching away, he would be bound to that because of his word. He can't break his word. So if he told no man when it was going to happen, but he allowed us to have signs to know it was imminent, since he's told no one, God has the right to change his mind about the time that it happens. You say, oh, can God change his mind? Yes, of course he can. We read in Isaiah, where Isaiah was sent to Hezekiah and said, get your house in order because God says you're going to die. And as Isaiah left the king on his sickbed and was in the courtyard as he was leaving, the word of God says Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and began to cry out to God. And, and God said to Isaiah, said, hold it a minute, wait, turn around, go back and tell Hezekiah that I've seen his tears, I've heard his prayers, and tell him that I'm going to give him 15 more years. So Hezekiah's prayer changed God's mind because God first said, prophesy to him, get his house in order, he's going to die. And then God heard his prayer and was moved by that. And he said, go tell him, I'm going to add 15 more years to his life. So yes, he can change his mind. So my point is, if no one knows the day and the hour, because if he had said when he was going to come, he would have to honor that word. But he kept that to himself so that he has the right to change his mind, to push back the timetable a little bit, that more sons and daughters could come in, that the prodigals could come home. So God could push it back a day, a month, a year, maybe another four-year term, term for a president. We don't know, but he does have the right to change his mind. So moving on, in chapter 6, I want to be dealing with the four horsemen of the apocalypse. There are four horses revealed there. The first one is the white horse. The second one is the red horse. The third horse is the black horse. And the fourth one is the pale horse. Now, the white horse represents not Christ. This is not Jesus Christ riding on a white horse, coming to rescue us. But this is in the time of tribulation. The, the white horse represents a false prophet or a false prophecy or prophetic person. A false peace is what it represents. Someone coming and saying, I come with peace. I am a peacemaker. But the white horse represents a false peace treaty. The red horse represents bloodshed or discord or war. The third horse is the black horse. And the scripture says that it represents famine. Great famine is coming to the nations of the world. This is June the 10th. I'm speaking to you. I read just yesterday international news where the locust plagues in Africa and part of the Middle East 
is at a 70-year high. They're multiplying by the millions daily. The locusts are consuming up to 97 miles of food sources a day. Famine is the third or the black horse. And the fourth horse, the pale horse, is death and hell. The false prophet, the antichrist, and the false beast are working in tandem to bring great devastation to the nations of the world. They're in the process of formulating a one-world government, a one-world monetary system that will be money-less, but with chips or identity cards, the only way to buy and sell. Uh, There's not going to be able to buy without it. There's going to be great bloodshed and discord, and these overlap. There's going to be famine, and then there's going to be death and hell that follow. But Jesus promised to the generation that sees the fig tree blossom in Matthew chapter 24, the fig tree representing Israel, he said, the generation that sees the fig tree blossom will see the generation of my return. Now, in the 90th Psalm, verse 10, the writer gives us the picture of a generation. He said, man's days will be three score and 10. A score is 20 years, so three score would be 60, and you add 10 to that is 70. Or if by willing or by way of strength, it would be four score or 80 years, life is short, and then we fly away. We live, we die. So a generational span is 70 to 80 years. Just this past month, May the 14th, Israel celebrated its 72nd birthday. Israel, as we know it as a nation, is 72 years old. But the generation that's between 70 and 80 years old right now, June the 10th, 2020, you and I, along with that group, are now part of the generation that will see the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. So my goal is to shed light on many of these things and to bring encouragement to the body and to anyone that will listen and to say that if your faith is anchored in the Lord Jesus Christ, you've confessed your sins, your name is written down in heaven's book of life, that when the trumpet sounds, that that literally is declaring come up here like chapter 4, of Revelation, the true believers will be caught away and then will begin the unfolding of all of these prophecies that overlap one another. So stay tuned, be encouraged, and I pray that God will enlighten you and by the power of his spirit will allow you to be so solidified in your faith that it will be unshakable in the days ahead. May God be with you. Blessings to you. And I look forward to sharing with you another podcast in the very near future. May the Lord bless you and keep you. In Jesus' name, amen.